The hum. 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 A storytelling podcast. A storytelling podcast. A storytelling produced by A Wall. Produced by A Wall. Produced by A Wall. Welcome to the hum, where we tune into the background noise of our experience and amplify the sounds of our lives. I'm your host, Blake Gooderman, and today we will be hearing from students about the future. The people we sat down with aren't psychics or fortune tellers. They are our friends, classmates, and peers. You'll hear conversations with four different students telling us about where they see themselves in the next decade of their lives. Their answers couldn't be more different. Take a listen to our first interview. This is Katya, who talks about living in the moment, making volunteering her career and more. She was interviewed by Ella, Here's Katya and Ella. I am Katya. I'm a sophomore here at AU. I'm an SIS major. I'm part of the Peace Corps prep program. Um, I also started Students for Service last year, and I'm the president of that. And so we are at 180 members, which is something I'm super excited about. So I'm really looking forward to continuing that through my time here at AU. But I also work at Millie's in Spring Valley. I'm a peer mentor through SIS. I'm in the Sisterhood for International Engagement. So I like to be able to kind of know somebody everywhere and have a wider network. Um, So AU's been super fun for me. I'm from Rhode Island, so super small state. So I love being able to come to D.C. and kind of spread out and do everything that I can. Yeah, just very heavily involved. Yeah. (laughs) So as you know, our question is kind of like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you like to think about the future or are you more of a live in the moment kind of person? I would say a healthy mix of both because I, I, I know I need to be thinking about the future, but for me personally, it's never been a stressor. Like I know I'll always figure it out and I know eventually I'll be fine. I would consider myself pretty hardworking. So I know when in doubt, like I can count on myself, but also like, I've never really let that stress become something that enables me from not doing something. I'm not really willing to give up opportunities just because they might not look good or something like that. If I think it's something that I would have fun with. And what about the past? Are you sometimes like nostalgic thinking about those moments in the past, kind of reliving them in your mind from time to time? No. <laughs> I hated high school. I Rhode Island is really small. So, um, I mean, I've loved AU. I've loved my time in DC. So for me, at least, it's it's hard to go back to Rhode Island. Like, a very small family, very small town. So it's just so different that I feel like it's a completely different part of myself. So I feel like I revert back to high school. And so I feel like I'm not really growing there. So I love being here where it's an environment where I'm constantly being challenged. So I'm never really sad about the past where it felt more stagnant. And I felt like there were just more expectations about who I am or what I'm doing versus here. It's just so fluid. And because I'm involved in so many things, I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do and where I want to go with those. Yeah. It also sounds like you're, you're kind of living like your best moment right now. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Great. When I say 10 years in the future, what's the first thing or element of your life you think of? Um, I think I better not have kids. And (laughs) I, hope I'm living abroad because I want to go into the Peace Corps after graduation so at that point I'm hoping that I'm placed somewhere and doing work somewhere abroad um so hopefully that's where I will be if not that then I would like to come back after my tour and get my master's or uh, depending on how much I like but get another degree as well but definitely no kids (laughs) (laughs) but hopefully I've done enough stuff at that point where I figured out what I'm kind of doing mm-hmm. um, because I want to go into the Peace Corps, but also students for service. I've been thinking about making that a national organization and reaching out to other universities to open chapters. So it depends on where I want to go from there. Great. Do you often think about what other people will think about your future plans or if they disapprove of them? What What's this kind of like? <laughs> yeah. One of my ex's parents made a comment about how my career path is volunteering and how I like, so like, they're right. It's very, I'm not doing this for the money and financials have 
always been something that I've had to just figure out. So oh, that's a lot of the comments because a lot of times people are like, oh, you're so altruistic, but how's that going to pay off for you? Um, but personally, like, I don't know. I come, like, I have a single mother. She, like, really bad divorced parents. So it's been a lot of financial weight, but that's also been something I've been able to manage really well. I'm not taking out any loans, but I'm also paying for school. Great. And you said that you're kind of like a live in the moment type of person. Have you always been like that? Have Has money kind of always been kind of like an afterthought for you? Or, or where does that come from? So my mom is an accountant, single mother, like I said. But I think because there has been so much financial pressure on me personally, I'm splitting the cost of AU with my mom. Um, and I'm paying just depending on like, I need to have a job in order to stay at school here. Um, so it's always been a big pressure, but it's never been something that has overwhelmed me because I've always been able to make the money and I've always been able to pick up more shifts or do as much work as needed. Um, so I've been working just about full time since I was 15. So all through freshman year as well, um, throughout high school, COVID, everything. So that was super helpful to be able to pay for school and save that money for, um, first year. So it's been helpful because also like if my career path is volunteering, but I'm not going to be able to pay off interest on loans. So that's just going to accumulate. So it's really helpful now to pay versus in the future when maybe I'm making more money, but maybe I'm not. So, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's manageable for me now, so I'm fine with it. But it's always been something where, like, personally, just for me, my dad's super rich. Like, his house is over a million dollars, but I've been to him in like three years. I'm not getting any of that money, but like FAFSA looks at that. So it's just difficult because a lot of expectations or a lot of people think like I'm getting that money or I'm seeing it, but like I'm, that's just not an aspect of my life or something that is able to help me. So it's kind of better because I'm like, well, I got it. Don't even worry about it. I don't want your money. So <laughs> it's been, it's been fuel really. Um, but financials have always been like a crazy conversation, but never something unmanageable. And it seems like you're balancing a lot with like what you mentioned, volunteering and all this other areas, being super involved with AEO and then also working. How do you manage to do kind of all of that? Because like personally, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I definitely like compartmentalize my life. Um, like my personal time is the time I spend doing service. So like that's what I do to unwind. That's what I enjoy doing like with my friends in my free time. So there's kind of like you can just kind of double dip with stuff like that. So a lot of like my academics, I make friends with like my peer mentees, all the freshmen, I know them pretty well. So a lot of it doesn't really seem like work or it doesn't seem overwhelming because it's what I'm in I enjoy doing. And that's like, even I work at Millie Spring Valley, so many AU students work there. So we all go out together, we'll come back for drinks. And so it's always something that I look forward to. If there were things I were, or I, I'm involved in and I'm not enjoying it that I just wouldn't because I don't want to dedicate myself or say that I'm going to be involved and then not be able to spend that time absolutely and then what about like relationships do you think about that when you know what do you see yourself in 10 years is relationship a factor that comes to mind for you um maybe this is my first time being single in college I had a boyfriend all freshman year I had a different boyfriend all fall semester so this spring semester has been really new for me. I've never been away at school and not had a boyfriend. Um, so it's kind of become nice because it's not so much of a factor in my life as it got used to it being. So hopefully it's not as much as a factor. I'm going abroad next year and then I'm graduating early. So I like there are so many moving pieces that like I don't want to get into a relationship and I don't think it's worth it. Um, so maybe down the line, if I end up settling down wherever... I was located for the Peace Corps. If I do end up coming back, that's something I would start to think about. And you mentioned that like kids is like a no. <laughs> is, it, is that like a firm now? Or, yeah. <laughs> or are you more open to that idea? Um, It's not necessarily even kids. Like I love kids. I worked with kids for a long time. I think they're adorable. I My biggest fear is being pregnant. I would love, love, love to adopt. And I would adopt older teenagers everybody thing they are fastest to get adopted past the age of 13 like chances fall so so much so I would probably adopt like a 16 17 year old before they age out of the system but also just to give them some sort of support be able to help them for 
like the foster system for prison pipeline is like 80 percent so kind of just being able to do what I can in that, I would like to say, like, I love connecting with people. That's why I like being so involved. So I would love to be able to connect with somebody like that um, and just kind of be there for them. Well, this question is kind of like, how important is your future career to your identity? Mm -hmm. And I know we kind of discussed the idea of like your career also being volunteering. And how important is that to you and like to your identity? Yeah, I would say... I would like to think it's important to who I am. Um, I think it's important to me. So I do think that like just ideas of service and compassion and empathy are like central to who I try to be. Um, so I would like that to be terms that people use to describe me, but also like as a part of my identity. I hate the term altruism because nobody's ever doing anything for themselves. You know what I mean? Um, so even if I am like spending my time volunteering or like I'm the campus ambassador for the Washington English Center because I worked with them last semester I love their work but also as a student that's something that that title benefits me I can talk about that experience during the interview so I feel like altruism is such a shallow term to describe people who are just trying to do what they like for themselves so like I love being involved in service but also we're college kids and we need to have a resume so like even though it is crappy I need to always find a way to twist it into something I can talk about um so it is like important to who I am as a person but I think also important to who I am as a professional do you see certain sacrifices like moving away from people mm -hmm. and 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 is that worth it is your dream worth it yeah so I think it's not only my dream, but like my mom worked so hard to get me where I am. So I think it's partly like her dream too, because if I do become able to follow through with what I want to do, that's kind of an ode to her and her strength and how hard um, it was to get me here just in general. So she is like the strongest person I know. And so I kind of want to do it more for her. I wouldn't like to think that it's like for my personal reasons. Um, but I do think like, yeah, she's going to hate having me a country like away across the ocean. But um, also like she'll be able to come visit. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you really don't want to lose or don't want to change about right now? Um, I would say a lot of my friendships I've made here at AU are like some people that I just know and I want in the rest of my life. Um, like my roommate is one of the most important people in my life. And just a lot of my close friends, I know, like, we've all been together through a lot. And there's a lot of, college is just such a transformative experience that the people you share that with, you grow with. And so I've really gained a lot in that sense. So I'm not really willing to give those up. Did you have any idea about 10 years ago where you would want to be right mm -hmm. now? Um... I don't know, actually. That's a good point. I think once I heard what the Peace Corps was, I was like, that's it. That's my shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, like, I've always been the first to volunteer for something. Like, it was kind of just finding my niche and what I wanted to, like, focus that into because I was like, okay, do I want to, like, teach or do I want to be a social worker and like those other avenues of connection um but I think especially because my dad's from Russia so I grew up with such an international perspective just normally in my house so that definitely shaped my interests love history love reading just anything so definitely international studies has been like so much fun and so interesting for me to learn and being able to understand all of that is super important to take abroad like I wouldn't really be able to do the Peace Corps without understanding development or post-colonial theory and stuff like that. And what do you hope will be different about you, certain aspects about you in 10 years? Hopefully I'll be able to just like know myself better because I think that is a thing I do get myself involved in a lot. And so that sometimes there are things where I'm like, okay, this isn't what I expected. I'm not going to commit myself to this. But just kind of being able to focus in on what I want to do and how I can most productively do that whether that be the Peace Corps or Students for Service. Um, but just kind of figuring that out and then doing everything I can with that. I think a big thing for me is almost, it's going to sound crappy, but like payback. Like, <laughs> um, because like I did, like I don't look back on the past because like I had a really bad 
um, just family situation, really bad high school situation. So I think a part of that is almost like, well, I went to DC and I had a great time and now I'm doing awesome. So I think that's a part of the fuel and that's what I hope to kind of step back from. I don't want that to be. I want it to be for myself, not so much as a comparison to others. Our second interview was with Oliver, a soccer fanatic and aspiring businessman. You'll hear him talk about his international upbringing. You'll also hear about his philosophy towards starting a business career in a rapidly changing and unpredictable world. He was interviewed by Caleb. Here's Oliver and Caleb. Hello, uh, my name is Oliver Arandia. I'm from Mexico City, Mexico. Uh, my major, I'm doing a double major in both uh, political science and business administration. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And when we talked on the phone a little bit earlier, we talked um, about five um, year plan. And um, also, um, I think you said around that time, like um, you didn't really have any ideas for 10 year plans. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still true? You know, things change really fast. And something that I've always uh, done in my life is like have that like window for opportunity. Like I cannot tell you what I'm gonna be exactly doing in ten years because maybe by the time those ten years happen, I find something more interesting or something really big happens that like alters everything. Because like for example, you ask people who were graduating high school in twenty twenty, what are you gonna do in that summer? Oh, I'm gonna go to university and everything. And poof, COVID COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say I have some ideas of what I would like to do in ten years, but I wouldn't say it's anything definite. Sure. How does that compare to your thoughts for five years? Five years a little bit easier because five years is closer. So that's a thing I actually have to think about because, you know, I'm going into my junior year of university. Now I actually have to start thinking about what I'm going to do in my professional life. Should I stay here? Should I go back to Mexico? Is there any other place that I could go to? And so in those five years, where do you see yourself? By that time, I already have three years out of university. So I cannot use the recently out of college card anymore. <laughs> but like, uh, I think I would see myself already like working maybe somewhere in the business area. And I think I would be just getting a hold of life and I'm starting preparing to plan my life as a whole. Mm. Where do you see your personal life? My personal life in five years. That's a tough one. I think I will try to still... Uh, keep in contact with many of my friends both here in university and in Mexico because that's going to be like the season because at that time I would probably be like uh, 26, 25. So that's when like, you know, the season where all your friends start getting married and everything. If I'm lucky enough, I'm probably going to be in also in that situation. But uh, I would say that I would try to still maintain a pretty, a pretty sociable life. Too. Mm. If you try to always just focus on work and everything, you know, you're just going to you're not going to enjoy life. You're just going to be in that in a desk or something, just typing stuff, and nobody wants that. And juxtaposing that stress, what are you looking forward to in the next five years? What makes out the future very interesting is that you don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to meet some really interesting people. What type of people are you thinking you're going to meet? I think all kinds of people, because um, I've had the privilege to be able to be all around the world at such a young age, and I meet all type of people. So I've met like, amazing people who are a pleasure to have around and are so nice, and I've met some of the... I don't know how to say it because it's a school podcast, but I met some of the most, the nastiest persons you could ever see in life too. So, you know, I think I'm going to meet people from both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Some people I'm going to be around with like, yes, I would love to spend more time with you. You're fun to be around, but there's going to be other people that would be like, I'm, I don't want to be around you because, yeah. What aspects of life will lead you to those um, people that you don't want to be around and what aspects of life will lead you? The, the field of work, the field of work of business, you know, it attracts type of persons that are not very desirable. So, you know, sometimes you gotta work, sometimes you gotta work with the devil, you know? Hmm. It, it works like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, what type of business um, are you looking to go into? Maybe not going to one specific business, hmm. but like, uh, see like, for example, I don't know anything about, uh, let's say AI or anything, but maybe life takes me to a path that I end up working with AI. For example, I, I'm going to use my father as an example. My father, uh, never in his life, uh, knew things about agriculture, but throughout most of his life, he's been working by selling tractors on agricultural farms. Mm. My dad didn't know anything about radios and recently working with radio. So I'm trying to also be really open to possibilities because that's, that's how you also progress in life, being versatile, being flexible. Sometimes your perfect career comes out when you leave university. 
like there's not even a course for it. Like for example, in the nineties, there was no data analytics. There was no uh, computer computer classes like we have today. And people who made their living of computers, Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates, uh, you know, they did not study IT. They came out of university and were like, you know, what this product is what's gonna make is what's gonna make us go to the next level. And I believe that like, I of course there's some things that are still going around today that I'm really interested in and I would like to try at least. But you know, maybe at the same time when I graduate, uh, the you're like, uh, oh my god, this new career that pretty much just came in is so new that AU is just beginning to not not to to start the course, it's beginning to plan it. Maybe I can start and and like be there for the beginning. Given your knowledge of the current state of the world and the state of the business, um, what predictions do you have for what topics and fields will be of opportunity? Like uh, I would say that especially when it comes to things relating to computer and AI, they're gonna be the that's gonna be the the really thing the thing that everybody's gonna try to hop on in the next few years. It's gonna be like super hot, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, I wanna have my own AI," like. City was the prototype. City was the the first like accessible AI. Now with City, Alexa, Cortana, and there's gonna be like probably a hundred more mm. in a couple of years. What business, if you were to go into it right now, would you? Choose? Oh, I would love to go into like the sports business and everything. That's that's been one of my passions. If you told me you could go into one work and you'll get like a good salary and be able to live off of it, I would go into sports business. Especially soccer. That's because that's my favorite sport. So I would go into it. Uh, why soccer your favorite sport? A lot of my happiest memories are related to that sport. So you know, and also in in Mexico, pretty much you grew grow up around it, so you develop a taste for it from very young. So pretty much I was molded into it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and in regards to sports, what makes it want to be like one of your top business um, career choices? I know a lot about it. I uh, I like it a lot, so it will be a job that I would really, really enjoy. Like I've always been interested in the behind the scenes of the, especially the business side of sports. So um, it's something I would really, really enjoy. Especially if I get lucky enough and I go to work in Europe where all the big teams are and everything. Even though I uh, live most of my year in Mex in my life in Mexico, like my first uh, all of elementary school in Mexico when I was uh, twelve years old. About to turn 13, I moved to the United States, to Dallas. And I was there for four years. And then uh, after I left Dallas, I spent one more year outside of Mexico that was in the United Kingdom. The amount of people from different countries I met was amazing. Mm -hmm. One time I, I was sitting in a table and we had like one person, one person from Africa, one person from Asia, one person from Oceania, one person from the Americas. So, and that time, that's when those conversations start to come out. You start to talk to them and everything. And you start learning more about the world that you would ever think you would learn in that classroom. When it comes to soccer, you have to keep track of mostly the whole world. You're like, oh yeah, you have to check what's going on in Spain, in England, in Germany, in France. Maybe even some things in Japan, in China, in Qatar, in Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, even in Africa, in Senegal, Nigeria, and South Africa. South Africa, sorry. And... Um, you know, you have to be aware of everything. And I'm always been really fond of being part of that international cooperation of being able to work with a person from, of course, being able to work with people from your own place, but also being able to work with people from all different parts of the globe. I've always been a big fan of that. Mm, that's amazing. What do, you, what do you enjoy about working with different people? Different perspective, you know, it brings something new to the table. Not all parts of the world think the same and not all parts of the world face the same things. So when an issue comes and you see the different perspectives of how to deal with it, it's really interesting. It helps you solve situations better because sometimes you see a problem and the only way you know is like to attack to attack it to in a certain way. You know, you know that your way of dealing with that problem takes long. It's complicated. It takes you a lot of time. But then you see this guy and you say like, oh, you have this problem too. Look, what I do is when I come here, I take this other approach and boom, you see, less than five minutes. You're like, oh, okay. So, like, it it shows you a way of how to approach problems and how to solve them. And that's something very helpful, in my opinion. It's amazing. Um, what are the steps you need to take to accomplish those goals? Well, first of all, like, uh, get a lot of money. <laughs> Buying a team is not cheap. 
in what ways um, do you think um, your experience and your time at American University um, will influence your ability to pursue that career and ultimately achieve that goal? Business, sports, and politics go hand by hand. And so you're getting the um, both worlds. Yeah, the best of, world, of both worlds, like the song says. Um, quickly honing in once again on the business side of mm-hmm. things, what, what are your favorite aspects of the business industry? The ability to go into a new area and develop slowly from there. Like sometimes the best business is in the area that you haven't even heard about. So that's something I really enjoy about it, that being able to discover new things and being able to build things from the ground up and uh, being able to see this idea and grab it by yourself and you mold it into something that can become a success. Uh, it's something that I found really interesting. Of course, you're going to fail along the way. And that's something important because without failure, you can don't really learn. And I think that like uh, that mixture of, of success and failure helps a lot. And it's something I really like that it like failure is necessary. Of course, it's bad, but it's, it's not necessarily catastrophic in the sure. business world. Failure is a tool that like drives you to become better. And overall, all great stories begin with failure. I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it, but I know I'm going to go through this is uh, the failure. Building something just to it for to fail, it's gonna be a, a like a massive uh, a massive moment. It's gonna be like a like a cold bath, gonna make you realize and and I think that's a a really great way to develop character also because once you fail, once you're in the bottom, you say that's where it determines what type of person you're gonna be. Either you're gonna be like you know what, I'm done, I failed, goodbye, or you're like okay, you know yeah I failed, it sucks, but no. Time to start over again and see what I did wrong here. So next time it happens, I did not do that. In what ways, if any, do you think your mindset um, will change within the next five years? If I'm lucky and I don't experience any type of like serious issues along the way, I would be like, you know what? My mindset will probably stay the same. Maybe just change a little bit with age. But you know, if like big events happen again, like how it happened three years ago, you know, my mindset is going to change. It's going to be like, you know what? This mindset did not survive the events I went through, so it's it's time to build up a new one that makes me a stronger person. And so, to wrap up, thinking back to 2018, five years ago, Mm -hmm. what did you think your life was going to be like in 2023? That's an amazing question. So, to be honest, at the time, 2018, I was just about to leave uh, Dallas, and I was about to move to the United Kingdom. And like to be honest, at the time, I did not expect to be studying in the United States. At that time, I was expecting to be studying in Europe, in the United Kingdom, more specifically, because I really enjoyed my time there in the UK. Twenty eighteen, me had to write down what his life would have looked down. I would probably be living right now in London, studying business in London. I'm not gonna lie to you that possibility of moving to London has never escaped. This is London is one of my favorite cities mm-hmm. in the world, and I would. The only thing I don't like a lot about London is the weather, <laughs> but like uh, that opportunity and that that idea, that objective has never gone away. The plans that you're gonna have in life are not gonna go straight away, because if if everything went according to plan for me, I would be in the United Kingdom right now. But just because things didn't go straight to plan means things are bad. I I love my time here in the United States. It's been great. I really enjoy Washington. I really managed to integrate here into the community. I met some amazing people. I I've worked with such uh, my like my two bo- my two bosses. They're amazing bosses, and I would have never met them if like I would have gone and studied other, other in another place. If the twenty eighteen version of me were to walk into the room and see me right now, he would be completely shocked. But I don't think he would be disappointed. I think he would like say like you know what this is pretty pretty nice. But, you know, I think that person, if he saw five years into the future and saw where I am and what I'm doing, I think it would, like, give them up. Uh, it would make them call. we like, you know what? It looked complicated at the time, but it was fixed. And it was, like, I see that I was able to, to go to push forward. Looking forward one last time. In 2028, what aspects of your life do you think you will remember the most? I, I actually don't know because you know what? Maybe tomorrow I have the best day of my life here in American University. 
maybe tomorrow I have the worst day of my life. So I cannot, I cannot tell you what I will remember the most. I can, I know some things that I'm going to totally remember once I'm, uh, once like five years pass. But you know, there's still a lot of things to come, so I cannot, I cannot really say all the things I'm gonna remember if not all things have happened yet. I still have two years more in America to, to see what else happens. So you know, there's still a lot of experiences to see. So I would say uh, that's a question you can ask me in five years. Our third interview was with Graham, an environmentalist and activist at heart. He's also a freshman. Graham talks about how he got started in environmental activism and his hopes for how he can make change. He was interviewed by Grace. Here's Graham and Grace. Do you like to think about the future or are you more kind of like a live in the moment, stay nostalgic for the past kind of thing? I am a combination of wanting to think about the past and the present, but also the future. I definitely feel as though thinking about the past influences what I want for the future. Oftentimes when thinking about whether I'd want a job or kids and whatnot, it definitely helps to think, what has my life been like in the past and how would I want to make things better or what seems like would be interesting in the future. It always sort of is a good reference point to look at the past and the present and then decide sort of how you want to add to your life in the future. So what kind of things would you want to add to your life if you had the choice? Well, I definitely want to go into environmental policy analysis. I'm currently a political science major and I'm in the process of looking for internships over the summer. And one of the things that I really want to hone in on is narrowing down, you know, what policy I want to work on. So obviously political science is a very broad major and it has a broad set of career paths that you can go into from it. And I really want to narrow things down by either going into LGBTQ policy or environmental policy. And right now I'm leaning towards environmental policy because we are facing a climate crisis. And I think that that is currently the most pressing issue we face as a planet. And I feel that we need a lot more people working in that area. How do you get into environmental policy? Well, as a high schooler, I was taking AP environmental science, and that really struck my interest in climate change and environmental degradation. And that really became a key focus point for my political activism. And eventually, um, during the midst of California's gubernatorial recall election, um, I was sitting at Grassroots Democrats headquarters, which is a political volunteering group that I was part of in Los Angeles. And we had an interviewer come because she was very fascinated by the fact that it was an organization based around youth getting involved rather than adults. And she went around, she asked the different fellows and volunteers, you know, what are your concerns regarding the recall election? And she was really struck by my answer because I said I was concerned mostly about climate change and the environmental implications of recalling our Democratic governor and replacing him with a Republican governor, Larry Elder. So that really struck my interest in environmental policy analysis. And it really seemed at that point, like, because of how concerned I was with not only protecting the environment and mitigating climate change, but also connecting that back to my political grassroots work. It really seems now like it would be a viable career path for me. And here I am. Interesting. So would you say political science is kind of the pathway that you're taking to get into environmental policy? Definitely. Interesting. So what's the first thing or element of your life that you think of when you think 10 years in the future? I would definitely say my career. That seems like for anybody who's going to school in Washington, D.C., career is always going to be the top of mind in 10 years. So that really is one of the reasons I've started to think about what internships I want and how that will lead me into a career in environmental policy analysis. 
of course, a lot of people might think uh, where they want to live or their family, but I feel like for me, it's mostly about my career, particularly in the field of activism. I definitely think it's worth getting a head start thinking about that. If you could design whatever career you could have in 10 years, what would that look like? I would probably be an environmental policy analyst for a consulting company in Los Angeles. That would be my dream career, a company that does environmental, I guess, policy drafting or maybe a think tank that really focuses on developing policies and recommending it to the government. And I would really want to be an analyst and really analyze those policies, their efficacy, how they affect the economy and how those policies can best be designed in a way that's marketable to the public. Are there any policies in particular that you really like or are backing or hope um, create change? That's really a tough question because I feel like in the midst of our current government, we've had a lot of environmental policies that have gotten watered down the same way, you know, voting rights and many other issues have been watered down. And I'm not sure that there's an exact environmental policy our country has really enacted that I would say strikes me as doing enough. And that would really be my goal as an environmental policy analyst to figure out how we could improve upon the currently watered down approach to environmental policy. If you could do anything, like without any sort of restrictions of whatever is realistic, what would you do that would kind of help chip away at getting to be a good enough solution? That's a tricky question because we're dealing with so many lobbyist groups that obviously don't want us to make any progress towards addressing climate change or any of the environmental issues we're facing or pretty much anything. It would definitely be to explain to the public the urgency in addressing these issues. And it would be coming up um, with ways to market our policy approaches at the federal, local, and state level in a way that doesn't sound super cliche, like, oh, we need to just save the envir environment, but really explain how it would be beneficial, the urgency, and then also connect it really back to jobs and how having an economy that's based on clean and renewable energy would actually be more sustainable in the long term economically. And I don't feel like we completely leaned into that messaging enough. Do you think about what other people will think or if they'll approve or disapprove? I feel like nobody would really disapprove of me going into a career and protecting the environment. I mean, the only pushback I feel I might face would be that, of course, it, some people have told me it's kind of like a hopeless case. No one's ever going to persuade the government. But I don't feel like it's a career that isn't respected. I feel like most people respect the work that's done by environmentalists. We've seen it throughout, you know, US legislation, you know, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act. There's been so much key legislation that's been pushed by environmental groups that obviously have a huge impact on our lives today. And I wouldn't say that me going into environmental policy analysis would be disregarded by family or friends or anybody I know, but I certainly think that many people perceive this as an uphill battle, which it really is. It really isn't a one day quick fix, you know, solution. There's obviously a lot of complexities in environmental movements and with lobbying groups and how everybody sort of works together to either help the environmental movement move forward or stop progress. And in the future, what do you hope doesn't change about yourself? I really hope that I don't give up hope. As cliche as that sounds, I really think that people who go into careers, whether it be, you know, politics or journalism, a lot of people just sort of give up hope. They, re they think that, you know, change isn't possible, that it won't happen, 
that it's too difficult of a pathway to go down and they might just settle for a cushier, easier job. But I really don't ever want that to happen to me. I still want to maintain my values and continue to fight the good fight, despite the fact that it's hard, it can be discouraging, and it's easier to settle for a different line of work. And I think it's important that we have people continue to stay activists for throughout their lives and know that while change doesn't happen overnight, it really takes a village. And if people consistently give up, you know, you're letting people who don't want progress win. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's definitely a good thing to, to try to keep consistent. So how important is your future career to your identity? I would say it's extremely important. I think that my career, because it intertwines with all my values, the things that I care about, because I'd be going into a career that revolves around activism, which is such an integral part of my identity. I really do feel that getting a career that is both meaningful, has an impact and reflects my values is um, key to me enjoying my career and not just feeling like it's a job where I just go through the motions and show up, but not feel like it is a place that I'm making a difference in or brings any joy to my life. So you don't see yourself in a normal desk job? No. <laughs> Same. Absolutely. Could never be like an accountant or whatever. I would, right. I would hate that. I would hate my life. Totally not me. <laughs> it's definitely both exciting, but definitely a little daunting to think about all the steps that come in between where I am today and where I want to be in 10 years. I'd say 10 years ago, I probably thought I was going to be like a video game designer or something. I, I know, classic kid interest, right? <laughs> uh, I definitely did not, my see, did not see myself going into activism. I definitely was pretty apolitical 10 years ago. So I really think it was during the pandemic as we saw our democracy fall apart. And I, of course, spent a lot of time at home watching the news, indulging the news, and it sort of became my life, you know, looking at the COVID statistics and hearing the latest headline about Trump that really sparked my activism. Well, thank you so much, Grant. This has been really awesome. Pleasure and to speak to you. You as well. Yeah. Thank you. For our fourth and final interview, you'll hear from Olivia. She talks about learning to lean into the unknown and letting go of the anxiety of trying to control the future. She was interviewed by Sophia about all of her fears and excitement. Here's Olivia and Sophia. My name is Olivia. I am currently a sophomore. I'm studying political science and psychology. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and that's like a really big part of me because not very many people here are from Albuquerque or New Mexico in general. So... I have to bring like a little piece of my home here because I'm usually the first uh, person from New Mexico that a lot of people meet. So I feel like I need to represent represent it well. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've met someone. Exactly. From New Mexico, I yeah. know. So the the trend still stands. <laughs> Do you think you're ever gonna return to New Mexico? Do you know where you're planning on living after college? So funny enough, the like state slogan for New Mexico is the land of enchantment, but a lot of people call like switch it and say it's the land of entrapment because people just like stay there grow up and never leave because it's a community where like you're very close-knit not a lot going on and so I don't know if I'm going to go back for a long period of time but my family will probably be there so of course it'll give me a a reason to go back but as far as where I'm going to live I'm not really set on like any expectations I just kind of want to see where the wind takes me (laughs) and we'll see where that goes I mean it'd be really nice to be somewhere like in a big city because I kind of like the the fast pacedness of it all um but we'll see I'm not keeping my expectations set on any one thing that's fun Mm -hmm. I'm the same way completely Mm -hmm. um does not knowing where you're gonna live have anything to do with um careers you want to seek out or any jobs that you want to have in the future yeah I think that's definitely a big part of it really would like to be like a practicing clinical psychologist uh but that takes a lot of school (laughs) and a lot of like 
a lot of things in between actually achieving that. And I think that sticking to or relying on just one place to be is going to kind of obstruct that path because I would like to go to grad school eventually and I don't really know what that looks like or where that's going to be. Um, if I could know right now where that would be, like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be great. But, but yeah, I think it's just keeping my options open because I don't really know what the future entails. I kind of have like a general path, but not anything specific. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. I mean, not knowing like what, what your 10 year, pe- 10 year plan is going to look like is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially compared to everyone else on campus. Yes. So they all figure it out. Mm-hmm. I know. See, but that's one thing I've realized that like through talking to my friends or even people that like I don't know really well, is that like it seems like everybody has it all figured out and you're like, it's really easy to compare yourself to people too. Especially in the, like, in SPA and in school communications, which you're, yeah, yeah, like, it's so easy to compare, and, like, SIS even, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people who, like, seem like they have it all together, but, like, secretly everyone is in the same boat, I've discovered, so, so I've been trying to get better at that, actually, at, like, comparing myself to other people and what that looks like. And, like, really, like, everything's okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds like, like, a pretty, like, general blanket statement, but, um, and like maybe too optimistic, but like it, no. yeah, I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. a great mindset to mm-hmm. have. Yeah. I mean, especially when, like, I think about it and I'm like, oh, well, like we're all kind of in the same boat and it's awesome that like some people are seeking out more opportunities than others. But even then it's like still dip, just an aspect of like dipping your toes in the water into something. It's not like a set career path for a lot of people much more comfortable in the unknown than I was like a year ago and that's just because a lot of people around me have also like told me that they're still kind of figuring it out and we're all kind of in it together so yeah anything that particularly scares you about going into adulthood and living life after college yes (laughs) every day I think about it and I'm like oh my gosh I'm growing up and it's so scary uh especially because I just turned 20 and Uh, My friends and I always have, like, say to ourselves, like, we're just teenage girls on planet Earth, which is, like, the most simplistic way of saying, like, we're just living life or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now, like, I'm no longer a teenager. And it's it's really weird because I think for so long, at, at least, like, as a young woman, being a teenager was, like, it was awful and awesome, like, all at the same time. And to know that I finally reached that milestone of being in my 20s, it kind of makes things, like, more real, especially coming from such a large family. Um, who mean a lot to me, thinking about, like, what my life looks with not spending every day with them or, like, not seeing them for the summer, you know, and, like, me being so far away from them for longer periods of time. It's really scary. Um, But once again, I'm just trying to, like, settle or, like, lean into the unknown because the more I try to put things in my control the more like anxious I get because nothing can be in my control, you know? So just trying to lean into it. And I'm really thankful for my supportive family that like encourages me to get out there and and move different places and like seek different opportunities, even if that doesn't include them. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. And I think that they're also one of the biggest reasons that I'm able to be so comfortable in the unknown, I guess, and in the things that aren't in my control. But do you think that my family is going to play a very big part in my future? Immediately, my immediate family and everything, everyone beyond. Um, I don't think I'm going to live near them, like, in my future. But I do think that we will all make a very great effort to visit each other and to, like, keep the connection going despite the distance, which is really awesome that, that I am able to do that with my family. As far as like a family I want to form, I would love to like have a partner one day that I settle down with and like own a house and <laughs> you know, like have all the have all the things that are like stereotypically portrayed in like a family. And I know it sounds silly, but like routine and and closeness and family and community are really important to me. Um so yeah, I think that's something that's definitely gonna be a part of my life. I don't know if like kids will be involved in that because like there's a whole like slew of things that that's involved there but um but maybe yeah I mean I'm not opposed to anything and I've always like tried to leave it the perspective that like everything happens for a reason so if I'm 
like living somewhere and let's say I'm settled down with a partner and like a child happens to be like something that is in my plan I'm like okay well like maybe this is something that that is meant for me or or whatever and and I'm saying this now but like I don't know what's going to happen in like however many years when like that actually that actually is the reality so I think it's easy to idolize it right now um and like think about it and like oh like I wonder what it's going to be like and like think about what my house is going to be like and I think that's actually a really like healthy tactic to be able to imagine yourself in like a beautiful future but but we will see <laughs> what happens once again not really like setting to any expectations mm-hmm. but keeping my options open i guess yeah. yeah have you given any thought to pets well like yes oh i totally have i love animals mostly dogs i'm a okay. big dog person i love big dogs i think they're just like so comforting and cozy and uh, I would love a dog. I don't. And maybe even a rescue, too, because my family has rescued uh, greyhounds since okay. I was little. What might scare you about adulthood? Mm. What about something that excites you? Oh, okay. I appreciate you asking that, because I think that's just as important to reflect on yeah. in the future. Um, I'm really excited to, like, have the leeway to be on my, to, like, just be on my own. I think for so long, like for most of college, I guess, like, you know, you're either with a roommate or you're like constantly surrounded by friends. Like there's not really a lot of space to like be alone and or like be in your solitude, which is also awesome that like you are constantly surrounded by people. But I think that I am the type of person who is meant to be kind of in their solitude or in their in their own little space. Um, I would say that that's how like I fuel myself is just by being alone and so having the ability to like really lean into that and really embrace um, like independence I guess I'm really excited for Uh, so that's one thing and also like one day to be like financially independent and stable like being able to reach that one day is going to feel so 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 good and I know that like being in <laughs> one day far far no in the future. far in the future far in the future but like and I know that being a like being a part of capitalism or whatever like you need like it really does take so much like work and corruption as <laughs> like to be able to be like steady on two feet especially if I do want to pursue grad school which is like expensive <laughs> so um I know that's going to be like far, far in the future to actually be like steady and and independent in like my own finances. But like reaching that one day, I know it's going to feel really good. So, well, I don't know how I'm going to get there or like the means <laughs> that's going to like get me to reach that. It will happen one day and it's exciting. And also just to like share my independent life with the friends I have now and see how those relationships develop and grow and um and also like test myself how can I continue my relationships after after I graduate like what are those going to look like and and I think I'm going to be pretty good at it but like that'll that'll just go to show like to how important it is to like continue relationships and to put in the work and what all those different aspects are going to look like so there's a lot I'm looking forward to I think it's just like the means to actually get there that's a little nerve-wracking but yeah new choices that you plan on making or where you think you might end up in Mm -hmm. life yeah how do you feel like if some of your choices are less traditional how do you Mm -hmm. feel that your family or others around you might react I think that's actually a really good question especially because my family Okay, I actually have, like, four parents because I come from a Mm -hmm. blended family, and all of them own, like, their own small business, and continuing those businesses is really important to them, and I have seven siblings, which is, like, seven opportunities for those businesses to, like, (laughs) either be picked up or, like, continue that, continue the name or whatever. So that's one thing, that, like, if my choices are less traditional, like, it's not that they will ever not be approving of what I want to do because they've always been very supportive of me and I think they're also confident in my ability which is a really really good feeling mm-hmm. um but like yeah I mean of course they're gonna they're gonna have their own thoughts and I think it's also 
important that are important to note for me at least that like throughout all of high school it was like really politically active and my family kind of had this vision in their brain like oh Livy's gonna go to law school or Livy's gonna run for office or Livy's gonna do like all of these like really grandiose things specifically within politics and the more I get involved in politics and the more I like intern with my representatives and my senators and um just like am a part of that world, the more I realize that it is not for me. Uh, I think that I just get so frustrated with all of the corruption and exploitation happening there that um, like if I want to change the system, I just think there's better ways to do it. And I think I would probably end up going somewhere, um, which is great for me. Like that's what I want to do. And I want to do that. And I want to like be a therapist and help people and like work in schools and do things that I think are more impactful. And of course my parents, uh, would like me to have a more stable career or something that's like, I can, I can lean into and be secure about. Um, but I'm just grateful that they're always going to be supportive of me. And I know that they're confident in confident enough in me to know that whatever I do, I, I think I'm going to do well. Um, which is a really good feeling that like at the end of the day, they're going to have my back. And if there ever does come a point where I'm feeling lost or want to change career paths or understand that like the, the path I chose that's less traditional isn't working out for me. Like they aren't really the type of people to say like, I told you so, which is really, really good. And I'm really thankful for that. Because I know that's not, that's not everybody's position. So, so I'm grateful for my ability to kind of be experimental with it and for my, my family to be so supportive of that. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, it is really nice. In terms of spirituality mm-hmm. or maybe cultural or like traditions mm-hmm. that you have formed, how do you envision all of those playing a role in the future? Like, set on this path for some type of some type of larger goal, and I'm not really sure what it is, but I don't think that things are just coincidences. So, so yeah, and I think that that obviously leads the way I live, but it's not a super big part of how I'm probably going to raise my family or the people I seek out or anything. I would like to say that I just base a lot of my life decisions on like love and empathy and community, and that doesn't really have to do with religion or spirituality. Um, and that's okay with me. Okay, so kind of shifting topics a little bit. I know travel is like a big topic of conversation. The prompt of this entire podcast is where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you feel you have considered or you've thought about when it comes to like your 10-year plan mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about? Not really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think that, uh, like... I'm going to go where the wind takes me. Mm-hmm. And I think that school will be involved in that or like grad school, um, which I'm really excited for. And I want to put a lot of emphasis on that because in order to achieve the, the, the job that I want, I'm going to have to work really hard for it. Um, and like put in a lot of time and money and resources and like all these, all these different things in order to reach the eventual career goal career goal that I want and that career goal is very different from a lot of people at AU um and so to understand that and make sure that I'm not comparing myself to other people when it may be kind of different or it may like require a little bit more time um and may not have the like reap the most benefit either um is really important for me but in terms of my 10-year plan, in 10 years, I'll be 30. That's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, like, accepting that whatever happens is going to happen. And if there if there was one thing that I would say, it's that, like, I'm, I'm going to be put wherever I'm supposed to be. I've always said that um, whatever is meant for me will find mm-hmm. me. And I think that that's true. Like, if grad school is meant for me, then, like, then it'll, it'll place itself well. If, uh, like not doing grad school and maybe like working at a more local level situation is what's meant for me, then like that'll present itself too. Um, I think I'm just open to the possibilities. And that is a really big thing for me to say, as I said earlier, someone who doesn't 
who, who needs a lot of control in their life and to finally say that like I don't need as much control and I can allow a lot of the unknown to happen is kind of a big deal for me. Keep an eye out for future episodes of The Hum. Email us at awallau at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter or Instagram at awallau if you have a story you think we should tell. The Hum is an American University podcast created by AWOL. Our podcast director is Zoe Kalenikos, and this episode was hosted by Blake Gooderman. The rest of our amazing podcast team is made up of Caleb Ogilvie, Ella Hernandez, Sophia Boren, Grace Manson, and Kate Darcy. As we learned in this episode, the future is unclear and uncertain, but we hope you are looking forward to tuning back in next time. Thanks for listening.